Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 382. I'm your host, Blaine Puttvay, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good afternoon. It is a wonderful Sunday afternoon here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I'm pretty sure it's nice out in Ontario, too. Yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. Honestly, it's not that bad. I'm not complaining. God's country. God's yeah. country. There's a, there's a Christmas parade going on in, in town today. <laughs> not a single bit of snow on the ground, but everyone's festive. Everyone's having a good time, so... That's all that really matters. Yeah. We had our uh, Christmas parade here yesterday in town, and uh, Treg was in it. I mean, he is a, a float all unto himself. <laughs> Everybody wants to see Treg. They yeah. all want to see him. Yeah, they're all throwing candy at him and stuff for him to take his shirt off and stuff. <laughs> I think it's beads. They were throwing beads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably true, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get into it here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Canadians week, uh, their Western trip, you know, some of the players, maybe a little bit about the rebuild, but let's, let's just start with the Western road trip. And I mean, they, they did better than most people expected them to getting four points out of the six. Yeah, like especially um, they are they are they are not good at playing California teams, and it's been like that for many years. And it was it was something that was continuously brought up during the broadcast. You know, they haven't won a home game in at uh, in Anaheim since you know God knows when. And same thing for San Jose, etc. Because years ago, that was a tough stretch for any team to go through, let alone the Canadians. And now we've kind of seen those teams regress other than the Kings. And, um, and, and, and it kind of showed. However, I think that a really big part of it, and we kind of saw the up and down style of play, which we've seen all year. Um, but after being more or less called out by their coach for playing soft against Boston, um, the Canadians came out and they played, a pretty good performance against the Anaheim Ducks. And yes, I know the Anaheim Ducks aren't a powerhouse team, but they've surprised some people and they've got some guys that are putting the puck in the net. And you can't ever say that John Gibson is not going to steal a win for you because going into that game, he had a 930 plus save percentage in his last few games and he was playing some really good hockey. Um, my problem is with the consistency and I know we're probably going to go from game to game, uh, but you saw the uh, kind of that, quick attack offense um, in the Anaheim game where they scored, I believe it was new hook then Gooley. And then, yeah, they played, they played tough, but they, you know, when they were finishing the four check and everything like that, but it still wasn't consistent. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like it was, the effort was there, but then as the week went on and yes, I know they were, they played what three, three games and four nights or whatever it was. And that's going to be tough on any team. But you saw the their level of 
their level of play or their level of like really give a damn really go down and we saw <laughs> uh, such a terrible effort the other day against the Kings that you know most people just wanted to turn the game off and just think about uh, Columbus on Wednesday yeah uh, I think the Canadians were happy to get the hell out of LA at the end of that game uh, to be brutally honest they, I don't think they were really very good uh, at all that that day no, now they weren't they weren't. when when they started the road trip just before they went uh, after the soft Boston game St. Louis just hammered the guys with just two things, forecheck and work ethic. Yes. And those two practices that they had prior to the Anaheim game, I think showed in those, the next two games at the very right. least. Right. Uh, the third game uh, was a, like a second of a back-to-back with travel in between from San Jose back to LA. Um, now I'm not, I'm not excusing the fact that they couldn't win or compete, but I am, I am saying that that that's a factor. They're, they're a young team. They don't know how to manage their energy levels yet. They're not quite sure how to approach the travel and how to prepare for back-to-back games yet. Right. So I think that had a lot to do with how flat they were, but it's not an excuse. They have to learn how to deal with that. Yeah. Like for instance, the Anaheim game, it was the first game where they were more or less called out by their coach, right? They score the two quick goals within like 38 seconds of each other. They take a 2 nothing lead. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we took a penalty. Pucks in the pucks in the back of the net literally five seconds later. And then Matheson scores probably a minute later. And then again, McTavish scores another one to to uh, to make it a three two game, and then all of a sudden they tie it up, and it's like, oh my god, here we go, another tie game, another one goal game, another close game, etc. And then you know, New Hook finishes it with just over three minutes left in the game, right? So, um, I I, I like that the team continues to fight, and I like how unlike other years, they get a, a goal scored on them. We're not seeing them stop playing and, and they'll try to get that next, you know, a, a, get a, get a tough shift in the other zone after taking a goal. And we saw it in that game. Um, and we've also seen Jonathan Kovacevic all of a sudden become this offensive dynamo for the Canadians. Um, yeah. But it's for, for me, throughout this whole trip and even throughout the whole season, it's, it's consistency throughout the lineup. It's you, you don't have like, it, it, like start with the Anaheim game. New hook had a fantastic game, right? Matheson scored a goal and Matheson scored a goal as well. But then you go to the next game and new hook doesn't really do much. And someone else has to step up, but like, you're not seeing games that, this guy's hot tonight. He's going to be hot the next game or, or you know what I mean? Like you, there's not that consistency throughout the lineup. I mean, it's been like that for almost every player this season. Yeah. And I, watching the, the Western road trip, uh, seeing how the players responded to being challenged and they showed a lot of good aspects of the game. Clearly the LA game sucked. They were yes. not very good. However, uh, a couple of players did stand out. 
Slavkovsky, for instance. Yeah, he's played well. He, yeah. he played extremely well. I think this San Jose game, he had almost 20 minutes of ice time. Him and Caulfield seem to be really clicking. And Slavkovsky seems to be finding his his niche how to right. battle on the boards how yeah, to his his uh, his physicality is way up and he's yeah. not taking those hits that he was he's delivering them that's right right so it's 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 nice to see he's shooting the puck more there's still the times that he's like ah should i shoot it and by then it's too late or but he's not he's not quite there yet but he is making within say the last 10 games or so he is yeah. steadily making improvement, 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 and he's starting to look like that for you know that number one overall pick. Yeah, he's starting to look like a legitimate NHL top nine player. Right. Uh, I, I think if he continues playing at this pace currently without any improvement, nobody's going to be calling for him to go to the AHL. Now, if no. he, he no, finds no. a little bit more improvement, all the better. Yeah. And I think he's got a long way to go. But he's shown flashes of why he was picked. Absolutely. Was picked. But the problem is right now that they're they keep kind of taking Monahan and putting him in more of a defensive role and putting Dvorak in a more offensive uh, offensive driven line with say Caulfield on his wing and they just it hasn't worked. So maybe you know flip flop the centers a little bit, have your defensive line be centered by Dvorak, give Monahan a little bit more offensive time. I think that would maybe bode well going forward because if we can see that if we can see that chemistry building with Caulfield other than with a player like Suzuki it it might be able to take away from having to load up the top line with all your best players. Yeah, I I agree they, they are looking they are looking for a balanced attack and and as yeah. soon as doc went down it's like well fuck that idea but they don't have anybody else they don't have anybody else to to pick up the slack Monahan's really Monahan is their next best uh best option I I agree on the offensive side but I can see the other side of the coin as to why St. Louis picked Dvorak to be the center in that line and it's to play the defensive role for Slavkovsky, kind of insulate him in that way. Agreed. That way he gets the top six time, but he's insulated. I think if Monaghan were on that line, they'd be much better offensively, but they might sacrifice a little bit of defense. And in my opinion, that'd be fine. I'd be be okay with it too, because then you'd have Evans and Dvorak in your bottom two lines. And the guys that you're going to have on either one of those wings, you're going to have guys that are more defensively driven. Most yes. likely you'll see Jesse Alona and you'll see a Brennan Gallagher, et cetera, on those lines, as opposed to um, just trying to kind of equal the lines out so we don't get scored on. And if Suzuki doesn't go out and score and or his line doesn't score, then they're not going to probably put a puck in the net. Unless Kovacevic is like, hey, guys, I got this. Um, but the way it's set up now, uh, I see Slavkowski. He's uh, he's he's driving some of the play. He's not the main driver, but if there's moments in the games uh, during that trip where he was the catalyst. Yeah, um, he was generating the most high danger chances of the team throughout that uh, that road swing, and he held up fairly well. I mean, he. Caulfield hadn't scored in a few games and he was kind of floundering a bit without Suzuki, but right. the two of the uh, Suzuki, uh, Caulfield and uh, 
Slavkovsky, I think Caulfield's found his footing now with him. So the passes that Slavkovsky has made, like that breakout pass in, in the San Jose game, yeah, beautiful. Well, I'll, I'll take perfect. it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll say it like this. Look at the confidence that the coach is starting to show into him because look at yes. the, um, they, they're down to nothing um, against San Jose. And it's like, Oh God, do not lose to San Jose because social media is going to explode. And X is X or Twitter, whatever the hell he's going to call it. It's just going to implode. Um, but then the Canadians storm back, tie the game in the third period. Um, Slepkowski to, Cole Caulfield for six of the season. But then what I'm referring to is giving Slavkovsky the opportunity to win the game as the third shooter during the shootout, which ultimately went six rounds, um, which was capped off by a great goal by Jesse Alonen. But giving Slavkovsky, a guy that's more or less a pass first playmaking winger, made a really good move against Blackwood. Unfortunately, he deeks himself out. But showing showing that he's got that confidence to have a guy that's out there that could have just won the game instead of putting out a more, say, offensive star like a new hook or a guy that you're going to trust a little bit more in a shootout situation like a Monaghan or something like that. Or you never know, just giving the puck to Anderson and been like, okay, there's no one around you. It's just you and the puck. And the goalie go out and score a goal and win a game for us, get some confidence. But instead, Slavkovsky goes out, deeks himself out. Canadians still win the game, but we're seeing that growth. And I and I think it's we're starting to see why the Canadians made the pick that they did and what they saw in him and and uh his development. Um, what were 20 games into the season or so? Um his development is starting to take off. And I'm not going to say the injuries have helped. They ha- they certainly haven't helped the team, but they have helped his development, not having a guy like, say, Harvey Pinard to take those kind of minutes away from him. Yeah, true. Um, as much as everyone he loves to watch RHP play, it does open that door. And, <clears throat> and pardon me. And we've seen other young players step up a little bit, like Yelonen. I, I yeah. know he got that shootout winner. But his play throughout the uh, the rest of Western Road Trip was still fairly solid. He yeah he is becoming an NHL regular. And he is, but it's unfortunate he that he only played seven minutes in that game. Pretty much didn't see the ice in the third period, and then he's like, yeah. "All right, you're up, kid." And he he proved it. He proved that you know, hey, yeah. you picked me. I won the game for you. Crowd goes wild, and we all we all go home happy, right? But I would like to see him maybe flip-flop with Tanner Pearson. Maybe Pearson go down on a line with Evans, yep. put Yelonen up with Monaghan, and, uh, and and see if he can get a little bit more um, offensive touches. Let's just say that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think and, that and, would and be a good and, fit, and, too. And, and he's still um, – he's got a defensive mindset as well, so you don't have to really yeah. worry about him as much as you would with other players. It's true. He's kind of a, a uh, an archery lecking in light. Yes. Yes. On the defensive so. side. Yeah. yeah. Um, With a deceptively now, good shot when he decides to use it. And I wanted to bring that up because the power play has been having a lot of difficulty uh, overall. I know they, yeah. they've started to gear up a little bit more through the season. They've improved a little bit. 
but they're still missing another shooting option. Caulfield, clearly their their main go-to, but I think that they're wasting their time having Anderson on that power play. Anderson right now, who has not scored a goal yet, is having a lot of problems between the years. It's a confidence thing for him. It is. It is. His shots aren't hitting where he wants to go. He's not going where he needs to go or wants to go. It's not a matter of not knowing or or not being able to do these things. Right. It's a matter of timing and just being a little off. So right. the power and, play. And, and the thing is, like, he gets a good shot off. He rings it off a post or something, right? Like, yeah. it's... it's Even um, in practice. Well, yeah, whatever is going on with the hockey gods right now, whatever he did, or they are not happy with him. Let's we'll just say that. He's got to sacrifice a KFC bucket to Joe Boo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it is getting to that point. I mean, yeah, he's up until this season, he was pretty much steadily a 20 to 25 goal guy. Yeah. You knew exactly what to expect from him. He's kind of tweaked his game a little bit for the better for the most part but right now it's not jiving for him he's got to no. go back to the basics yeah so take him off the power play give him that third line time let him go against secondary defenses and give the, some of that power play time that he's been having to i don't know yelonen maybe even huh, slefkovsky well it's 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 also where they have him um situated yeah. they have him right in the, they have him right in the center of the ice right he is he is there like prime shooting area and the thing is like yes they want to get the puck to him but it's much easier it's been much easier to go cross crease either to suzuki or caulfield or just dish it back to the point as opposed to getting it in the center of the ice and i don't know if that's just the way that anderson moves on the ice and he's just kind of thinking hey i'm going to stand there and the puck's going to come to me but like his his puck pursuit has been there. His, you know, the battling along the boards, that kind of stuff. It's been there. He's getting opportunities five on five. He's just not finding the back of the net. Yeah. And I think you come, you've made a good point about his positioning on the power play being in that bumper slot for whatever reason, he's not, he's not adjusting himself to the play as much. He's no. not moving up and down that slot area. He has to make himself open. Or at the very least, get himself into that little cushion in between. Yeah. For the Monahan tap up or a pass across or something. It, for whatever reason, he's not setting himself. Right. But other players, at five on five at least, have been able to do it. Yeah. So why not give them a try? Because yeah, or or even for twenty or games and he hasn't him, scored yet. Right. Or maybe maybe move him to the second power play unit. Yes. Right. Don't have him starting out there with Suzuki and Caulfield and everything like that. Take some of the pressure off. Not working. Yeah, yeah. He, he. I think he's feeling pressure now to score, and you're well, putting you him look, in those you, higher you go, pressure. You go areas game too. after game. You're, you're 20, 21 games into the year. Yeah, and you've got two assists. It's gonna start screwing with your head for sure. Yeah, especially a guy who's uh, built a career on being a top nine offensive power forward. Yeah, it's just not clicking for him right now. No. So. Yeah, take away some of the pressure. I, I think he would do better, like you said, on the second wave. But more importantly, it would open the door for younger guys. Like Slavkovsky, for instance, has stepped up his play. And he's big. He's got a great shot. They want him to shoot more. Put him in positions where he can take advantage of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's that the bumper spot would be the perfect spot for him. At, at the very least, it could help him build his confidence up a little bit more. Maybe he can take another step in his development. Yeah, you never know. We might see that against Columbus, or we might see some changes to the lineup um, on Columbus or against Columbus on Wednesday. Armia was um, called up. Maybe we'll see him inserted in the lineup. Um, hard to say. But so far, um, the call-ups have done okay. You know, Struble hasn't done anything um, glaringly wrong. He hasn't made any really big mistakes. He hasn't really um, been that noticeable. He's got to be picked up his first assist the other day. But yep. again, you want to have, if you call up a young defenseman and he's three games in, he's got an assist, he's got an even plus minus, and he's doing what he needs to do while playing third line minutes, and we're not really talking about him at all, he's obviously doing what he's what he was brought up to do. Yeah, exactly. And he's he, like, as you allude to, he's set up in a position to succeed. Yes. Being paired with Kovacevic, who's a, a more veteran defenseman. Yeah, I know in the NHL, he has doesn't have a ton of games, but I mean, he's a few years yeah. older. He's been in, in pros a little in, longer. In terms, in terms of what the Canadians have to put him out there with. True. Very true. Without Savard and all that. Yes. Now, for whatever reason, Kovacevic has turned into the next uh, Bobby Orr. For the sure last couple of way. weeks, yeah. Oh my god, um, and, and that's great. Uh, I don't but, see but, it continuing. But, but the way, but, but the way that he was playing and the chances that he was getting yeah. and jumping up in, it was just a matter of time. And then all of a sudden, it happened. He got what three goals in two games, or three goals in three games, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was, right? So, and, and having Struble there with him, I think uh, re realizing that his partner is strong defensively as well. He can take it a little bit more of a chance. Right. And Struble, like you said, he stepped up and he's played the way he's supposed to play. He's playing his game. He's physical. He's uh, he's playing the high percentage plays. He's not doing anything fancy or special. He's just going about his business shift by shift right. and showing that he can be a solid NHLer. Yeah. Small sample size so far, but um Yeah. Said he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything to say why did they call this guy up? <laughs> exactly. We've had that for years. Yeah. And now finally, after several years of not having anything in the system, we're seeing the fruits of all these draft picks coming to right. coming right. coming up. And then that brings me to the direction of the rebuild. Like uh they they've they've got all these prospects, they're doing they are improving. They little are. by little, they are not yeah. just individually, but as a team. So, what's missing? Well, for me, they've got what 10, 11 draft picks next year, or this well, this coming yeah. year. Uh, first, a second, a couple thirds, a four. I know they have a shitload of seven, they have like three seventh round picks or something like that. Um, for me, it's turning those picks not necessarily just in, um, just not into, um, another another pick on the you know on the on the uh on the on the on the in the cupboard of prospects and just adding another name it's picking meaningful players or if somebody's not on your right somebody not on your it's not on your list maybe defer the pick maybe trade the pick etc um try to take that and, and use it as a uh as a trade chip or something like that i'm, I'm not going to say seventh round picks are going to turn into nhl superstars um but like for instance, like in 2025, 
if that Calgary pick actually happens and you read the long scripture of, uh, of everything that they need to do to, you know, to get that pick, um, they've got two firsts, two seconds, two third and two fourths. Like if they don't utilize all those, like that is prime trading opportunity time yeah. right there. And they're also going to be, they're going to shed some contracts that year. They're going to, they're they're gonna have more money to spend, etc. That's the time where you need to um, make that jump and and be like, okay, we're gonna go and be a little bit more competitive now. I can see them doing the same thing, um, you know, going into the going into the next year. But the the skill based players, Joshua Wa, Owen Beck, Lane Hudson. Um, Ryan Bacher, those kind of guys. Help is on the way. Um, Fowler, another one. Help is on the way, but don't expect it to happen overnight. Um, Ryan Bacher even mm -hmm. might not be on the team next year. Lane Hudson very well could be, but who knows? That's a decision that will still have to be made. I think Joshua was on this team next year with how he's been playing. No, in honestly, the I agree with how he's been playing in the AHL, but. Yeah. Same thing as maybe a guy like Logan Mayu, but what they're doing with the development of their players in the AHL, mainly with those two, with all the injuries they've had, even they haven't made the flinch reaction to say, okay, we got to, we got to bring up that best player in Laval right now. Instead, let's help him develop. We'll let him play against this level of competition, gain his confidence. And we'll say like, Mayu, it took him a long time to get going, and then all of a sudden he went on a small tear. Yeah, right? and so, like you said, there's a lot of help on the way up. Not just, and not just in one area either. Goaltending, defense. Yes. Yes. There's some good, solid two-way wingers. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of good, solid two-way centers. But what I'm seeing is there is a need in the system for some star power. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, so, and it's, and, and, and that is not making say the safe pick, right? Exactly. Quote, quote unquote. Right. And if you have multiple firsts, multiple seconds, multiple thirds, multiple fourths, like what they do in 2025, if there's somebody that's on your board that you're like, Hmm, maybe this guy's a risk. Fucking maybe take, maybe take the risk. Yeah, take some risk or trade up. Use yeah. some of that draft capital to Absolutely. move up to a guy that you're Absolutely. you're more sure of. Yes. Not just not just to move up in the draft, but trade for somebody who's a little bit more established. There's some prospects out there who, um, I, I mean, I'm not going to name any. Uh, I, have, I have nothing specific in mind, but I'm sure there's some prospects out there who have some star qualities, who for whatever reason. Uh, are taking a little bit longer or they're upsetting their teams. Like, uh, I don't know, say like uh, Quentin Byfield from, in LA. But yeah. Quentin Byfield, but he took a while to get going. Now he's, now he's on a tear. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a guy like Kent Johnson, Columbus, right? Put up 40 some points last year. And then he just didn't have it this year. And he's downplaying the AHL now, right? A yeah. guy like that, former first round pick out of Michigan, I believe. Um, another guy who is, mostly been drawn drawn back due to um the organization that he's in is a guy like Askarov or Dustin Wolf. Yeah. These are guys that have to get drawn back. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think adding another goaltender to the fold would be would be a good idea. But um, for my money, I would rather they put the assets into getting they need, themselves. They need some goal scoring, <laughs> and they need some yeah. offensive. Yeah. There's a lot of two way guys. Their blue line seems to have enough there to to build the modern day blue line. Yeah. You know, a bunch of puck movers, right. some good solid two way guys. Yeah. Some you, size. You, you got Gooley. You got yeah. You've got Gooley, you got Reinbacher, you got Hudson. You're going to have some good line pairings that you can put together. Um, Jack, I, my, you, yeah, uh, yeah. there's a bunch of names there that you can, uh, you know, you can kind of shuffle together. And then as you a look deck. at this year's draft, defense heavy draft. Yeah. yeah which, especially in the top, that's 10. a, that's a risk that when we were talking about risk, that's a good way to uh, maximize your pick. You're, you need offense. Yeah. You know, it's a heavy defensive draft. Right. Maybe move up and get that second best forward or third best right. forward. Right. Or if Unless, depending you know. on where they stay, depending on where they stay in the draft, yep. say, oh, you want, you know, I'll say Sam Dickinson, for instance, defense, you know, defenseman, two-way defenseman out of uh, a lot of knights. You can go dangle, dangle team behind us. What will you give us to move up so you can take this kid? Exactly. Right? There's options. So, so yes. and and this management team has shown that they're willing to take some risks when it comes to that idea. They see what they like. They have certain aspects that they want to build on and, and they'll, they'll take a risk. They'll overpay a little bit, or sometimes they'll hold on and get other teams to overpay. Yes. But that, uh, that uh, in a nutshell is what I think they're missing is just yeah. take a risk on some star power. Right. Now we've only got a couple minutes left. Uh, we've pretty much covered everything that we were going to cover in the show. Do you have any final thoughts? The only other thing for me to say is I believe the Canadians still have to make a decision when it comes to those three goaltenders, um, because the longer we go into the season, you're going to see other teams that are, their goalies are playing okay, as opposed to the actual team. And I'll say a guy like Mackenzie Blackwood out of San Jose, prime trade candidate right now. And if the Canadians are looking for a certain price, they might have to just, you know, pull the trigger or someone else is going to, and they're going to get those assets. Yeah. Um, I think that would be the biggest uh, immediate need uh, for me. my final thought is just come back home and play the way they did in those first two games on the road trip. I know it wasn't perfect, but their four check was back on the, the work ethic was there. They, the forwards were starting to, gel a little bit and take some risks and play off each other. If they can do that in the next game, I know Columbus isn't a big powerhouse or anything, but I think that would bode well, especially after a few days off. I think we're going to see yeah. a much better, more prepared Canadians uh, putting on a better show. Yes. And I just want to say thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, we uh, unfortunately didn't have Treg on this episode, but we're going to do our best to get everybody together again. Uh, it's the holiday season starting up, so uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that. Uh, let's get festive, and uh, ho, 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 go Habs, go. <laughs> so, again, thanks for listening, and if remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.